Hey, hey, welcome to another episode of Business Mojo and Margaritas, where I get all up in your business in 20 minutes or less. I am Suzanne Proxa, your host, business strategist and coach for female entrepreneurs, and my jams just happen to be a client attraction and marketing. So let's not delay any further. Let's dive in. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Business Mojo and Margaritas. I am super stoked today because I get to talk marketing with Rachel K. Albers, and she is a marketer as well, and she has the coolest topic for you guys today, the surprising trick to create hilarious content even if you're not funny. And I know that some of my audience is going to jump all over this. So Rachel, welcome. And why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? I'm so glad to be here. Thank you for having me. <laughs> well, I've got two margaritas in hand. I got one for both of us. So cheers. Awesome. Uh, but hey, yeah, I'm RKA. I'm Rachel K. Albers. And I'm a designer and I run a branding, web design, and marketing studio, RKA Inc. And I'm also a business comedian. I am the one woman SNL of business TV. So I host a funny business show called Awkward Marketing, where we bring storytelling and sketch comedy together to help small businesses create epic, unforgettable brands. And that's what I do. That's me, baby. Awesome. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. How have I not come across that one yet? I need to write that down. It was waiting for this moment. It's all, yes. you know what, destiny has brought us together in this exact moment in time. Oh my gosh. I'm going to be <laughs> looking this up. I need to focus and not look it up on my phone right now. So, um, so tell me, you've got to tell me about this. Like, where did, where did this come from, this idea? How did you get into this? Because that is so freaking cool. So awkward marketing has been a fun journey. Um, I started, you know, I do brand design and web design and marketing with my clients. A couple of years ago, I decided I really needed to walk my talk and start to create the type of ongoing consistent content um, to model for my clients what types of things they needed to do to use content to bring in the right people and turn away the wrong people. And so Awkward Marketing started as a live show. I would just hop, you know how, you know, hop on Facebook Live every Wednesday at 11 a.m., and, but I've got this background in theater. So I did some kind of special episodes. I did a couple of live musicals where I came on and I did, you know, sang about marketing and, um, <laughs> and then I did for Halloween, a kind of weekly special that with pre-recorded episodes with the top five awkward marketers. And so I kind of came up with the top five archetypes of the, like the worst sleaziest, most annoying, just icky, awkward marketers. And that really struck a nerve for people. Cause I, you know, I had a green screen, I dressed up in costume, I have a bunch of wigs now and people loved it. They, you know, because there's one thing, and I think you know this because you are, you know, all up in the marketing world. There's a lot of content out there talking about marketing and describing marketing and kind of giving people checklists and to do's and but what I do and did with this kind of new version of awkward marketing was instead of just talking about it, kind of bringing it to life, like, you know, embodying it, turning it into sketches, turning it into, you know, mini TV, if you will, as a different way of diving into 
all of these marketing topics. People loved it. So I decided to turn the whole show into a pre-recorded show that's got little funny sketches and characters every week, and then a bite-sized, actionable piece of marketing wisdom to help people up-level how they're reaching their audience online. How flipping fun. So you're doing brand design and web design still as well? Yes. Ooh. Yes. My goodness. It's kind of fun. It's, it's a good fun. thing you've got all that energy. I got to say, I am like human caffeine, so. Wow. <laughs> then along. <laughs> yep. So this is interesting. So my first question for you then is, how do you actually come up with the sketches for awkward marketing? Well, it's funny because... Um, and this is one of my tips that I, I bring to my clients when they're putting together their content calendars and they get really stumped. They want to come up with juicy content and content that really strikes a nerve with their audience. And the best, best, best content that, you know, for me is the stuff that pisses me off. The stuff that gets me mad, the stuff that gets me ranting, the stuff that I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't believe people in my industry are doing this. Or if I hear this silly question one more time, I'm going to lose my mind. And so this, whenever I can feel myself getting really irritated or frustrated about something, I see that as kind of like a little bell being like, ding, ding, ding. You just hit on one of your brand values. I've just hit on something that shapes how I want to show up in the marketplace. So now I don't create angry content because some people are like, oh, wait a minute. So you just like are going out there and like yelling at people about marketing. No, 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 no. But when I get upset about something or I feel like I'm tired of talking about it, I'm like, oh, wait a minute. This is something that should be turned into a teachable. This is signaling a way that I want my brand to show up in the world. And so if I'm mad, I can be pretty well served that other people, I can be pretty sure that other people are mad too, or that this is something that we need more education around. And so I take that anger, I take that frustration, irritation, whatever it might be, annoyance, and I turn it into something that instead of just holding me back and making me frustrated, pushes my business forward, pushes my audience's businesses forward and turn it into a sketch. So that's really where it comes from. <laughs> well, and that hey, you know, that works great. I mean, I can't tell you how many different pieces of content I have done on those freaking 10K month posts that make exactly. everybody think it's like easy and you're sipping margaritas on the beach while it's happening, happening magically while a unicorn walks by. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh my gosh, that shit drives me crazy. So right. I feel, And so like, of course you can create content around like why that is BS but then you also can create content and you do, and you are, and this is what I love about what you're putting out into the world. Then there's a whole world of content you can create around what are the building blocks of a successful business. Like there's all this garbage out there being like, Hey, you know, make a million dollars in your sleep. I'll help you, you know, follow my formula and you'll be rich overnight. And so, you know, there's this opening now then when you hit on that into, okay, how do I create the stuff? That's going to really help my clients, you know, cut through that garbage and really make a difference in their lives and their businesses. You know what I'm saying? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, like for me, here's a good example. It's like a really simple example. It was one of my first episodes last year in 20, uh, 2018 was every time Facebook makes an algorithm change, you see, <laughs> or anybody, Instagram, any social network makes an algorithm change. It's, you just see a barrage of posts in your feed of like, oh my God, Facebook changed it again. I'm moving to Canada. You know, like, just, <laughs> I'm 
done. I'm just done with Facebook, you know? And so, and that is annoying to me because it's just the same kind of noise every single time. And it's annoying to me also because it's like, guys, you could be spending your time whining about the algorithm change, or you can use this as a moment to pivot. So let's pivot. And here's how you can adapt to social media changes. And here's how you should also proof your business and your digital presence so that an algorithm change doesn't ruin you and you're not stuck, you know, whining on your Facebook feed about how you're mad at Mark Zuckerberg. So that was, <laughs> an, you know, an, uh, the impetus of um, one of my first episodes of Awkward Marketing last year. And, and I had a bunch of characters that were like, mayday, mayday, we're going down. Like I had like a, a pilot who was, you know, in a plane that was about to crash. And I had the guy in the Titanic being like, iceberg right ahead. And like all of these people crying, you know, the sky is falling as a way of illustrating like, this is what happens every time there's a major shift in a social media network. Here's what we can do instead. So that would be an example of like taking something that makes me mad, turning it into a teachable, and then making it something that can help my audience instead of just being, you know, complaining. Because complaining is boring. Complaining yeah. is boring. Let's do something about it, you know? That's great. Now, I will admit, I had a moment or 10 when they did that whole shenanigans with the groups where they they changed everybody's group settings from like seeing posts every day to never. That was that was crap. <laughs> that one I whined about and I still do. But <laughs> moving on. Well, I mean, come on now. My top three groups, they changed them all to never. In the that background. Is very, I, that is very, very frustrating. Yeah. Ridiculous. But anyway, I'm good. That's that's my thing. But otherwise, the algorithm, I just know you just gotta, you know, figure out, figure out how to pick up your toys and move on. Yeah. But that's also why you have an email list. That's why you have a website. That's why you're not relying only on Facebook groups to drive your business. Now, of course, I know, you know, the thing with Facebook is they'll decide something is the core of their network one minute and then a year later, they're like, nope, never mind, groups. We're changing that whole thing. So it is stressful and annoying. But, I, you know. I remember I, when pages were rocking. Forward and you've got to move forward. And that's, that's, you know, what I try to model for my clients because complaining about, at the end of the day, complaining about the Facebook algorithm isn't making any money. You know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. there you go. Okay, so part of the description of this podcast is why trying to discover your niche is the wrong approach. Talk yes. to me about this. Yes. So, you know, I do branding with people all day, every day. So I'm always talking to people about their ideal clients and their, you know, their, their, the competitive landscape and all this kind of stuff. And I find that when I ask somebody, okay, who's, and you, and you probably have the same thing too. You ask somebody, who's your ideal client? They'll be like, well, you know, Ugh. I mean, people really, to be honest with you, just everyone truly could work. I mean, I, I like women maybe, but I once, I once had a client whose name was Gary and he was a great guy. So I don't want to, I don't want him to feel uncomfortable, you know? So, so the point is you ask somebody about their ideal client and they'll, they, they know in the back of their mind, they should be specific, but like deep down, because all of us are like so close to our businesses and we're so proud of what we do, we all kind of believe, well, Actually, I'm, I could be for everyone. I mean, like I could really serve everyone. And it's just really challenging. It's really challenging to, to try to niche down based on like who, who do you want to serve or who is the best person um, for your product or service. And so what I find is a different way that you can back into that 
instead of focusing on, and this goes back to that whole thing of, of creating content based on what makes you angry, you know, that being a really good place to start with brainstorming. What I find is a way to back into this is instead of focusing on what your, who your brand is for, uh, you can back into the niching thing uh, by focusing on what your brand is not for, who your brand is not for, what you're not about, what you're, instead of what you're for, what you're against. Because when I ask somebody the question, who is your ideal client, they'll kind of go back and forth and give me basically the most gener generic answer in the world. But if I say, who will you absolutely positively not work with? I get an answer like that, typically, right? It's just yes. it's easier to say, you know what? I absolutely am not the right person for cat lovers. I mean, I don't know. I, that's not true. I love cats, but you know what I'm saying? I'm just choosing yeah. something out of there. Like I will not work with a cat lover because I have an allergy. I don't, you know? So I find that when you do it, when, when, and I call this reverse niching, going, you know, backing into what your brand is all about by first getting really clear on what you're not about, because that typically is easier for people and doesn't feel as scary. Does that make sense? Yes. Ladies listening, write that shit down and do the exercise because <laughs> I know there's a lot of ladies out there who roll with me who go through this. Like they just want to serve everybody. Yeah. And because yeah. each of us feel it's like deep down, you're like, well, couldn't everybody, you know, benefit from what I do, you know, <laughs> like yeah. deep in our hearts. And yeah, certainly you could make a case for that. But as we all know, trying to market to the whole world is going to take you 10 million times longer and a lot more money then getting really clear about who you're going to serve. But as I said, the way into that for me, at least one kind of alternative approach is by backing in through what you're against as a way of illuminating what you're for. And that is the same principle as kind of creating content from a place of, okay, you know, what makes you mad? What do you find yourself repeating all the time? What are people not saying in your industry? What are you tired of seeing people do? What mistakes do you, can you see a mile away? All that stuff is great juicy fodder for content and is also a really great way to back into how to create really specific messaging. And this is also a great way to find content that is fun and funny, even if you don't find yourself funny. Because if you can kind of hit on the stuff that's going on, you know, in your industry, in your kind of your... The, the topic areas that are complementary to what you do to your offerings, oftentimes those things really strike a, a nerve with people and are really relatable and can be pretty funny. Like we talk about the Facebook algorithm thing and there's so many funny jokes that come out of that. That just feels really, really like, yeah, I totally get that. Oh my gosh. So this is a really fun way to find personality uh, driven message points for your, for your brand for your content, all that good stuff. And I can okay. take you through a few questions that I have people ask themselves to discover that stuff. Absolutely. That would be fabulous. So what I like to say is kind of make yourself a little, uh, like get out a piece of paper and create, you know, make, I, if I was, if you could see me, oh my gosh, I'm so awkward right now. <laughs> that's my thing, right? Awkward marketing. See, it's, it's, I'm, I'm on brand, but basically create six different little boxes on this little piece of paper. And what I say is, okay, on the top three boxes, you're going to brainstorm. I say like three to five, sit down and try to put together three to five for each of these boxes, starting with the prompt in the first box. I don't believe in, 
So box number one is I don't believe in, and then you kind of riff on that. Box number two is I won't work with people who, and then you riff on that. Uh, and box number three is I'm not a good fit for. So those are boxes not one, two, and three. I don't believe in, I won't work with people who, and number three, I'm not a good fit for. And the more you can kind of just like get really, have a lot of fun with writing things out. I mean, you can start with three to five, you can go to 10 to 20. This is really just a really fun way of, of getting some specific language for what your, what your brand is not about. And then on the bottom three boxes, you're going to put in okay, as the, the counterpoints to these. So if at the top one, it's, I don't believe in the bottom boxes, I do believe in. So I don't believe in sleazy marketing tactics that say you're going to make 10, you know, six figures overnight, but I do believe in sustainable aligned marketing strategies that might, you know, that you practice with consistency, right? So you kind of do that either, you know, the, I don't believe in this, but I do believe in that. And it's so funny how starting with the negative helps us find the positive, you know? And so you just keep going along. The next box on the bottom would be, I love to work with people who. So in the top, it's I won't work with people who. And on the bottom, it's I love to work with people who. And then that last box is I'm a perfect fit for. So the top box is I'm not a good fit for. The bottom box is I'm a perfect fit for. Because what I like to say is when, when I arrive on your website or I'm interacting with your Instagram or I'm in your, you know, I, I get on your email list your content needs to be really as clear about who you're not a good fit for as it is about who you are a good fit for. Not only because you're going to waste less time and money and energy and ad dollars and sales calls and all that good stuff with the wrong fit, but also because as consumers, we often resonate with what we're not about as much as what we are about. We find identity in what we don't believe in as much as we do. So your ideal client is going to see the language and the messaging you know, identifying who's not a good fit and it's going to up their self-identification as the perfect client for you. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Absolutely. That's genius because it's so much, and it's so much fun. I find like people love to riff about what they, who they won't work with. They love to put together like a, you know, a total non-ideal client. And, uh, and so it, 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 kind of opens up some creative doors if you're feeling really blocked. And when my clients and I are having branding conversations and they're really struggling to get specific, I'm like, okay, let's change it up. Let's do this. Let's back into this through reverse niching. So. Yeah. And I think it works because I don't know, you know, I listen probably just like you, I listen to and read so many things that I have no idea where this came from, but there was something recently that talked about how the human brain is it. We go toward the negative first. And so it wouldn't surprise me if that's why I'm just guessing, but I, it wouldn't surprise me that that's why it's easier. Yeah. You know what? And I, go that, there. that inspires me to go find the science. Cause I'm like, I'm an artist, Suzanne. I'm not a scientist. So I love that. <laughs> oh, see. And I'm all like, I'm all up in the psychology and stuff. I love that shit, but I love all of it. So hence part of my problem. It's super fun. Yeah. So talk to me. One of the things that you talk about is an alter ego. Yes. So what are the steps to creating this marketing alter ego? 
So you've kind of just gone through them. So that little matrix I just took you through is kind of a good, once you've gone through this matrix, so let, I'll go back to talking about my awkward marketing show and like my top five awkward marketers. One of my most popular top five awkward marketers, and I know you're going to love this, his name is Brad Brosakis. And he is the guy that's going to teach you how to make seven figures in seven minutes. And he is like, got, you know, the, what's his name? Warren Buffett on speed dial on his phone and loves to name drop. He does his videos in front of a huge mansion that he lives in. He's got 17 Lamborghinis and he's just, he only works for four minutes a week and he'll teach you how to do it too. So that is one of my, um, top five awkward marketers. And Brad is definitely one of my main marketing alter egos. And what I mean by that is by going through the matrix I just took you through, I was able to identify who is the exact opposite of who I want to show up as with my brand. Right. And Brad is one of those figures, you know, Brad is like, Oh my gosh, he's got that whole, you know, overnight success narrative. He's all about, you know, flaunting his wealth and his riches in an obnoxious way. He's man he'll manipulate into buying from him by making you think that it'll just the last time he's ever going to offer this for the next 30 years, all that <laughs> stuff. And so by going through that matrix and kind of identifying what am I absolutely not about? Who will I not work with? And, you know, kind of thinking through what do I not want to show up it as in the world and all those things that kind of piss me off and irritate me, the stuff that inspires my best content. From there, my marketing alter ego is born. And so what's really fun, and, I, and so when I, I, I do some live speaking, when I'm in a, in a live workshop, I'll have people create their own awkward marketer. I'll have them put a name to it. I think it's always fun to have alliteration. So Brad's the braggy bro. I also have Guy the guilt tripper. I have Karee the copycat. So I like to come up with a name and just, you know, all of those qualities, all of those attributes that you've defined in this matrix of who you don't want to be and how you don't want to serve people. That is basically like the online dating profile for your marketing alter ego. And how you can use this in your brand is when you're creating copy for your website, when you're writing a new caption on Instagram photo or putting together an, a lead magnet or doing a talk or whatever it might be, and you get stuck and you feel, you know, writer's block, it can be really fun to go into that marketing alter ego space and say, what would Brad say right now? What would Brad do? How does Brad sell his people? And maybe you go and you do a little bit of research and you look up some examples of, of, you know, folks who embody that marketing alter ego. And then just as you, as you did with the matrix that I just showed you, whatever Brad would do, I do the opposite. And it kind of opens up some, some spaces in my brain for figuring out how do I finish this sales page? Well, how would Brad do it? Oh, I don't want to do it like that. Here's another way I can do it. That would be totally diametrically opposed, opposed to the Brad way. So the marketing alter ego is just kind of a fun way of personifying this reverse niching exercise and people have a lot of fun coming up with their name, coming up with like a little character, imagining how they might look. Um, and so that is creating your marketing alter ego. Well, and that's a huge help for people who absolutely hate copy, who exactly. do sit there and stare at the page forever, the website or whatever it is. And Mm -hmm. they, like they bag it, end up with a box of wine and <laughs> <after me. laughs> you know, 
Yeah, I do all too well. So yeah. it could be it's a fun way to do that. And it's like suddenly, you know, ideas start flowing when you kind of play with it. And it's like a little bit of improv theater, creative exercises to stretch your brain. And, and also with this kind of marketing alter ego, um, it's a really good way of identifying your customer's pain points because a lot of your ideal client is going to chafe they're also going to be similarly irritated at the way that this, your alter ego shows up in the world. So you can, it, it helps you more easily name those pain points. Like, you know, if I were to be writing copy for, you know, the opposite of Brad, I would be speaking to the pain point of like, you're sick of hearing all these empty promises. Like if you, you know, you don't need to just take one more course, one more formula, one more high level VIP $25,000 program to make it big. What you really need is blank, right? Yeah. So yeah, it's a fun way into copy when copy. And I feel, feel like even for copywriters, copy can be challenging. And, and sometimes you need something to switch it up. Yeah. It's what's interesting to me. See, and I can tell you, you've got to be similar to me. I, I'm guessing like I am a jester and one archetype quiz and I'm an entertainer in another. So for me, it's like, you know, being entertaining and being funny, it's just, it's actually one of the things that people talk about, you know, as far as my brand goes, they just expect it. But I, I've come across some people lately who say their normal personality isn't to smile, they aren't funny. And so I think that this is an interesting way for them to try to do some of that. Although, of course, you know, you are who you are and you don't want to be something that you're not, but you know, if they're trying to attract people that are attracted to more energy, this might be something that could help them a little bit if they can do it while maintaining their own, you know, sense of personality and brand and all that. Exactly. And I think that it doesn't, you know, I, the way I'm describing it and with Brad, it's really loud and obnoxious and in your face and ostentatious. But even for someone that is, um, that has more of an introverted brand, right? And they're a little, they're persuasion power is more quiet. And, um, you know, I think that this exercise, I've seen it happen that it just really helps to kind of unlock some different ways of approaching your, your audience and different ways of messaging. And also because, you know, we get into these ruts, we get into these kind of formulas with how we approach writing and, or, you know, we get into a certain way of describing our clients' problems, a certain way of describing the results, the, the promise that we can provide for them. And so it's just a great way to inject new ideas and new ways of phrasing our clients' needs so that when they land on our sites, when they interact with our social, whatever it might be, it's a breath of fresh air instead of the same old, same old, you know? Yes, Absolutely. Well, this has been fabulous. Do you have anything else that you want to tell the audience about? Um, or do you have anything like any kind of gift or how they can find you and all that good stuff? Oh, I'm, I'm full of gifts. I just always, you know <laughs> what? You can call me Santa Claus. Um, well, you can go to my website to grab the reverse niching cheat sheet that'll take you through this exercise and give you a little bit more um, help. And also it comes with a really fun episode of awkward marketing. So that would be found on my website, rkaink.com slash niche. If you go there, you can get my cheat sheet and 
You can also watch my episode uh, called If Your Website Was on Maury Povich. I'll just say that. <laughs> a lot of fun. Um, and yeah, I mean, just check out Awkward Marketing and, you know, type it into Google, go to awkwardmarketing.com, find me. I'm all over the place and lots of fun, bingeable content. And uh, if you go to awkwardmarketing.com and you scroll to the bottom, you'll find those top five awkward marketers. You can go find Brad, go laugh at him and uh, see if he inspires you or any of the other top five awkward marketers to create some new fun content in your business. Awesome. So much value in this episode. I have a feeling people are going to be going back with pen and paper for sure. Well, thank message me. Yeah. You know what? Find me online and tell me who your awkward marketer is. You know, come <laughs> with your marketing alter ego. People will come up to me all the time and they'll be like, oh my gosh, RKA. I just had to tell you my marketing alter ego is like, you know, one of my friends who's a storyteller was like Sydney, the story seller and like all of these things, you know, so anytime if you find me online or you just are walking down the street and you see me, stop me and tell me who your marketing alter ego is. It always makes my day. I love it. I love it. I love it. And thank you everybody for listening to another episode and do not forget to come hang out with me in my Facebook group at fempreneurs.biz. I will see you guys on the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. I'm so glad you decided to roll with me yet again. Hey, if you loved it, please give me a rating and some little comments on iTunes. And hey, if you're thinking that working together with my crazy self sounds like a fantastic idea, hunt me down, SuzanneProxa.com. That K is before the S. You can find all of my coaching information, my blog, my courses, all of the things all right in one spot. And with that, I will see you in the next episode, gorgeous.